everyone. You are listening to Solving for X, a podcast that brings government's top thinkers and innovators together to reimagine how the federal workforce works. I believe we become what we practice. And if our nation's employees have the best work experiences, our public customers will have the best experiences too. We're on a journey to bridge digital and workforce transformation and how that experience or X will impact government services, careers, and more. Welcome to the future of work. What does X mean to you? Welcome everyone out there. It's hard to believe, but after 11 excellent episodes, here we are at the end of season one of Solving for X. Yeah, Nina, it is hard to believe, uh, especially as I think about where this all started. You know, we had a bunch of government and industry folks on a Zoom call, uh, many of us who barely knew each other, but all of us drawn together by this idea that workforce transformation and digital transformation, employee experience and customer experience, you know, we're all more connected than anyone probably fully realized. We have come such a long way. I mean, this work is the highlight of my year. And, you know, starting from those brainstorming Zoom calls where we didn't know anyone and we were just figuring it out. And now we're on our 10th episode, which means nine on the books. And if I may say so, nine incredible conversations with some of the smartest and most remarkable leaders and thinkers in government. And I have to ask, Chris. Yeah, the crystal ball question. No, no, not yet. Maybe, maybe we have time later. No, I want to ask, like, do you think we solve for X? You know, I think that is the question. When we look at that formula, you you know, from the very first episode talking about the CX plus EX equals WX, you know, well, as we talked about in our first episode, the point was to never come up with one silver bullet or magic formula. Uh, but for this question, it was to kickstart the conversation about how customer experience, employee experience, and workforce and digital transformation all intersect. And so I would say, you know, absolutely. That's what I would say. And so with the help of our outstanding lineup of guests, I think that's exactly what we did this season. I totally agree. And I think some of the CX plus EX equals WX, when you made jokes about it be a quantum equation, mm-hmm. there are some core themes that we started to see emerge throughout the episode. So intentional leadership, being vulnerable, talking to your people, and that good employee experience naturally translates into good customer experience. So maybe I need to rephrase the question a little bit. So what do you think we know today that we didn't know nine episodes ago? Yeah. So more of a, you know, wrap up question for the wrap up episode, right? So how about we do this? Uh, how about we do a mini recap of the season? So looking at each episode, episode, highlighting a few of those key light bulb moments, and then just see what stands out. Like, um, like a recap of like the, you know, Sunday sports or something like that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, we could approach it like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I'm so ready for this. Do you want to kick it off? Of course, of course. So one of our first, well, actually our first guests of the podcast were Dorothy Aronson and Robin Reyes. And so with Dorothy Aronson, she's actually dual-hatted as the CIO and CDO of the National Science Foundation. And she was a big advocate of employees just simply being happy, Nina. That was the big thing there. And that they enjoy what they do and that they can do it from any location, you know, really meaning that they have the choice to work from anywhere. And so with Robin, I loved how she emphasized the importance of cultural change, 
But to accomplish that cultural change, she's adamant that it will happen through digital change. And so really what we're talking about is digital transformation here. Dorothy and Robin delivered. I mean, they set up the the conversation that really helped pave the way for all the episodes to follow. And the big picture of history here, I want to highlight that these two women are wicked smart and totally trailblazing with technology and data, wearing multiple hats. And do you remember how Robin's wish at the end was for data, for it to be open, available, and interoperable? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's also where it's at. It's like happy and interoperable. (laughs) Right. So they're both fun and creative and super accomplished. And it's, it's truly the best of all worlds, which brings us into Eric Anderson. So Eric is serving as chief of administration at the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, which I don't think a lot of folks out there knew was part of Department and Homeland Services. So right. yeah, so we heard Dorothy talking about building trust and she was saying that trust and transparency and action and authenticity are core to the future of work. And I think Eric echoed that same sentiment in this episode. So I think many leaders worry, I mean, myself included, that if I show up as my authentic self, if I'm transparent, people might see me less than or incompetent or not a real leader, even though it's sort of false, right? Like Gen Z millennials like us, we show up as our real selves and that's what we expect. It's a baseline. Right, yeah, I do remember that part of the conversation. And, you know, I, I do of course agree and understand it, but something else that stood out to me with Eric, I sincerely appreciated how he opened up about his story of taking on a new leadership position. You know, I think that many leaders out there can relate to the concerns of if you're going to be effective. You know, you may ask yourself, you know, will I be able to connect with my teams? Will they trust me? Will they think I'm incompetent? And so Eric talked about how he was able to build trust once he started opening himself up. Essentially, he was being honest about his shortcomings. Totally. Eric really showed that the best and brightest leaders were, were open to saying they don't have the answers. So the geeky side of me also wanted to nerd out more with Eric about what it takes to develop metrics and really measure the kind of culture we're building as experiences in organizations. So I wrote on a post-it note, we cannot afford to dismiss culture. I think Eric said that during the episode and I really identify with his motto that culture happens whether you plan for it or not so we might as well plan for it right so thinking about metrics and measurement and culture it brings us to ken corbin so he's the chief taxpayer experience officer and we had him on for a incredible conversation right i had so many light bulb and aha moments right did you oh yeah without a doubt quite a few actually with with ken it was Like, wow, I had no idea that the IRS offered financial literacy courses for citizens. I I mean, I was blown away. I was also really inspired to hear about the work they're doing to increase employment opportunities for underserved communities in the Mississippi Delta. I mean, wow. And then let's talk about authenticity. Ken started out as a GS1, right? So Moving through career, government was a calling and a career, and he has achieved such high stature, and he inspires us all. Yeah, I think it's not, I would say that it's difficult not to be inspired by something like that. You know, someone who starts from the very beginning, you know, I didn't, I didn't even know that GS1 was a thing <laughs> anymore, but, you know, and then moving up. And so that that is inspiring for sure. You know, in our conversation with Ken, something that stuck out to me personally you know, was, was really the, the leadership conversation. And as a leader, 
we talked about recruiting and the challenges of that. And recruiting for me is one of my top challenges right now. And so, you know, Ken got me thinking about how to retain employees. And that's a pretty big EX challenge, you know, employee experience challenge. And so I liked hearing some of his secrets to the retention battle. And although it sounds simple, I'm not sure if many organizations get this right. You know, I think it really boils down to understanding what motivates your workforce. So here, you know, we have another WX type situation or Mm -hmm. workforce experience type situation. So, you know, Nina, we also had the opportunity to talk to Heidi Halverson, who is the philanthropic program manager with Medtronic Foundation. And so this episode really changed my perspective on the future workforce. You know, it was so insightful hearing about how Medtronic is reaching people when they are young, like we're talking kindergarten young. And so making the connection to STEM and kindergarten and identifying how young kids start questioning their ability with math and science was really, to me, really, really eye-opening. I mean, to think that, you know, someone when they're young could say, I'm not good at math. And then that could change the whole path in life. You know, they may never approach a computer science program or an engineering program just because they think they're not good at math. That was very, very interesting to me. And so um, needing to see future professionals, you know, we need to see our future professionals at workforce through this lens is what I think we need to do. And so our episode with, with Keith Clement also spoke to this too. You know, how are we encouraging and investing in young folks so, so that we have the right STEM skills in the future workforce? What do you think about that, Nina? I, you know, I'm wondering who's out there listening and thinking, our young people are our future. And what, I mean, what does that look like from a health perspective? So the young people that are coming up now as future doctors, they're going to be taking care of us and generations to come. So that long-term thinking, that long-term planning effort, this is a generational impact. And Heidi also really had some super solid ways of talking about other changes, like the fluidity we're going to see in the years ahead. So sector switching. So moving back and forth between government and industry and really moving beyond talent pipelines to more pathways and looking at what it looks like to build talent as if we're cross-training or a tri-sector athlete. So folks that are really looking at the multidisciplinary, interdisciplinary approach to what it's going to take to deliver on work in the future. Yeah, you know, Nina, I never really viewed it like that, cross-training, you know, you, you <laughs> look at, uh, the whole CrossFit thing, you know, and, but, but in a way, that's a really good point, cross-training, you really are doing that in, in these, in, in, in industry, you know, in our professional lives, I think in a lot of cases we are, but that, I want to take a moment, you know, to, to, to pivot over to NASA, <laughs> uh, Keith Crutt, actually, we, we sat down with Keith, uh, who is the director of talent strategy over at NASA, and in- interestingly enough, our episode with Keith, And his magic wand wish was also about early education and the Mm -hmm. need for STEM skills at NASA. You know, he he mentioned that even NASA Mm -hmm. isn't immune to talent competition. Okay, so for me, I'm going to keep it simple. The the main takeaway that I got uh, from this was listen to your employees. You know, I think a lot of what we talk about throughout the podcast can connect back to simply hearing your employees out rather than making decisions unilaterally or on behalf of the employees. Why not hear what they what they think? I mean, when leaders listen, that's what creates the best places for employees to work. Right. If I had a magic wand, I would turn Keith's episode into a full curriculum. I mean, a six-month training, so much was packed into our conversation. I could just 
pick out threads for days. But really the big takeaway for me was the idea of hierarchy, not hierarchy. So this is my favorite model from the whole season, my number one favorite moment. So re really rethinking how we connect as humans. So moving from transactions to relationships, from linear hierarchies, linear org charts to networks and the future of how people are connecting and serving one another at work. That's really my baseline definition for X at this point. So that's, it was huge for me. And I think on the provocative side, when Keith is talking about too much collaboration, that really kind of stirred me because collaboration is a capability. We need it. Agencies need it. It's a competitive advantage. It's also a survival necessity. Um, and I don't know if we're seeing collaboration in our, you know, 30 Zoom meetings a day or Teams meetings or whatever platform you're using. Just because we see each other on camera, does that mean we're collaborating? I mean, it's a really provocative question. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I thought that was a great conversation. And I thought that was interesting. You know, there's so many hours just because we're in these things doesn't mean we're collaborating. And I think for some folks out there, they would say, yeah, you know, but but if we dug into it a little bit more, are we really? Uh, you know, and I think um, the the feeling of seeing you working, you, you know, I think that eh, maybe that's a, a segue into into Eris and our conversation with her, seeing employees, looking at their identity. I want to talk about that a little bit. We didn't really get to talk to Eris very much about that. I really want to cover that now. As a reminder, Eris Gill, Executive Director for Employee Experience and Organizational Management at the VA. And so really enjoyed learning and hearing about all the innovation happening with the employee experience uh, in the episode. But I really wish we could have spent more time discussing their approach to connecting a person's identity to their employee experience. And so they actually have an effort going on. They call it Identity Insights. What that's about, they're focused on identifying pain points that employees attribute to one or more of the identities that they hold. And so the pilot phase engaged employees across eight identity groups that have been either historically underrepresented, you know, or faced discrimination and bias in the workplace. And so by capturing quantitative data to explore the role that identity plays in employee experience, Identity Insights is a pivotal step forward and driving meaningful change rooted in data from our workforce. I think that's pretty cool. Eris and her team, rock stars. And I, Eris mentioned being intentional and being vulnerable as a leader, which was very similar to themes coming out with Eric and Dorothy and Robin. And I think what you just described of Eris's team, it's profoundly effective, yet the humility, the service leadership they bring to every conversation I mean, rock stars who are embracing vulnerability. How humble was Eris? I mean, she created yeah. with her team the first comprehensive employee experience journey map with a trust score that they're measuring with employees. Uh, folks talk about this in theory, but it is happening at the VA. So it makes me wonder, you know, how are leaders learning to be this great? So thankfully, we had the opportunity to speak to Matisha Montgomery. She's the chief learning officer for HUD, so Housing and Urban Development. And she is so wise. Matisha is a wise one. And oh, yeah. the topic of leadership learning really fires her up. You got to listen to the episode. She gets so excited. And I think you and I, Chris, we're getting super amped up oh, about yeah. it too, right? <laughs> like, yes. I think this fundamental expectation of we expect our employees to perform new ways of working and improve experiences for customers, patients, colleagues, whomever it is that they're serving this means leaders are learning new ways of leading too. And 
we're hearing these themes throughout all of these episodes, learning to be mindful, vulnerable, learning how to create an authentic and psychologically safe culture for people at work. Chris, what do you think about this? Yeah, you know, I'm actually really happy that we saw those themes. I was really, really hopeful that we were going to get that from these folks, these folks in key positions out there. So hopefully that's something they're passing down, you know, to their teams. Um, So I was really, really happy to hear that. But, you know, one of the things I really liked about talking to Matisha is really digging into how learning can look in organizations. You know, it's more than just having people do an annual training requirement or having multiple computer-based training courses throughout the year. You know, it's more about creating a culture of constant learning. You know, leaders can create space for reflection, an environment where employees can openly discuss mistakes in order to learn from them. Outstanding leaders make space for it. And so our episode with Rashida Ricks, she's vice president of DEIB at CGI Federal. She really outlined how under her guidance, her teams are making space and practicing intentional leadership. Yeah. And so although we discussed many interesting topics in the realm of inclusivity and diverse experience, I loved how we were able to discuss how employees can bring a range of diverse experiences based on things like their upbringing, you know, where they were born, the parents they were born to, where they grew up, where they went to school, the places they may have been exposed to, and the multiple organizations that they have been a part of professionally, you know, because all of these experiences can provide a different and productive perspective on change management and organizations. So, you know, I believe Rashida called them, uh, if I recall, I, I believe she called them cultural experiences, which I thought was pretty cool. It was cool. And for folks listening out there and who listened to Rashida's episode, do you remember the moment where she was talking about one of her colleagues not having a box to check? Right. I mean, that really resonates because I, I personally despise checking box, mm-hmm. checking boxes, but when you realize there isn't a box for you to check, and that's a major exclusion. Overall, the candor with Rashida was super refreshing, and the way that she answered my question around allyship was brilliant. You know, this idea of sometimes you just want someone to listen, sometimes you want someone to take action. And overall, I was impressed from the industry standpoint. CGI sounds like they take employee culture seriously, even in even in calling employees members, right? Really rocked me and in a positive way and the investment in the oxygen team. So an internal organization that focused on wellness and well-being within CGI. I mean, Chris, can you imagine if all organizations were so intentional and so enlightened? Yeah, I think, oh my gosh, I think we'd have a lot more productive conversations across the board, you know, really, really good stuff. Yeah. So um, from the highest level of governments, again, bring in a lot of the same themes with intentional and vulnerability and visionary. So we had Noreen Hekmansik and Andy Lewandowski, both digital experience advisors to the federal CIO in the White House Office of Management and Budget. So this was such a lively discussion looking into the details. Again, what does it look like to design work experiences with employees and distributed teams. I, I really love this conversation. I would merge some of these points with our conversation with Eric, where bringing leaders and teams together to design and measure cultural norms, uh, the pivotal role of storytelling in the modern workplace. I mean, that's a key, key skill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And really the way that both Andy and Noreen were lifting up better leadership around communication. Okay, yeah, so that, this leads us to, to think of a few different questions, you know, like how might agencies check in with their employees more often? 
Are we measuring what we're delivering? Are employees happy? So that goes back to Dorothy and what she mentioned, you know, in the first, the second episode, I think that we, that we got with our guest. And so let's meet our employees where they're at and, and acknowledge that this is the time to collaborate for customer experience. So it was also interesting to learn about how customers perceive government. You know, it, it, it never occurred to me that citizens don't distinguish between federally funded, state administered, or local services provided. They just see government, period. All right. For next season, I'd love to explore how citizens' views of government might impact their desire to work in government. Plus one, I second that. To pull episode nine, pull the whole season to a close, we rounded it out with an academic perspective. So Keith Clement, Professor Keith Clement, was able to round it out with bringing it down to the state level. So thinking about what does this theory look like in practice at state and local? And Keith's really focused on filling the massive gaps of cybersecurity experts we're facing. So we're looking at it now and we're looking at it in the future. So it really connects to Heidi's conversation around talent planning. So less about pipelines and filling cogs in a pipeline and more about creating flexible pathways and bringing opportunities to not only youth, but folks that are looking for work. And I think this is like a big question I want to answer in season two, right? There's a huge need for a certain kind of workforce. And there are a lot of people looking for work. So what's causing the disconnect? Why aren't those two feeding into one another? And what does this have to do with solving for X? So I am so excited for next season, Chris. Same here, a hundred percent. Been looking forward to it. You know, I didn't think that things are gonna go this direction. I'm really, really happy that it has. That again, as I mentioned a little bit ago, the themes that we've come come out of when it comes to these conversations are exactly what I was hoping for. And actually more, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful that these leaders are passionate, you know, about this, this topic and, and the experience of our employees and customers. And so we started this episode today talking about whether we solve for X and you know, maybe we did, but we did flush out a lot of recurring themes that directly connect to the EX plus CX equals WX formula. So I'm excited that solving for X will be back for a second season. You know, we hope that all of our listeners will continue to listen to all of the valuable insights and ideas that happen during these conversations. So Solving for X, it's going to be back for season two. And we hope you will continue to glean valuable ideas and critical insights from these conversations. And we hope to continue propelling workforce transformation by using this platform as a force multiplier that's showcasing the important work being done across government. So please, Reach out to us if you'd like to be a guest or recommend someone who's leading an innovation in your agency. Until next time, keep solving for X. That's going to do it for today's episode of Solving for X. What's your big takeaway from today's episode? What new learning can you share with your teams? Before you leave, please follow Solving for X wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, listener reviews have a real impact. Consider leaving feedback so others can find our show. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next time on Solving for X. Solving for X.